Well, come on. Happy Sunday, Go Church family. You feel good today? Come on. Put your hands together. Love the Lord a little bit. You look great. Wow, what a great room today. Honored to see you. So good to have family here today. And friends, for those of you that are sitting in this room, many of you know this, but if you're visiting with us today, this is our South Metro Atlanta campus, our broadcast campus. So we have the beautiful honor and privilege to live stream our gatherings to our online campus. So we welcome everybody watching online today. Would love for you to comment in the chat feature of whatever platform you're watching from, kind of where you're watching from. So let us know. We love to see all the different places that people are tuning in to the ministry of Go Church. And then we also get to live stream to our Germantown, Maryland campus family, 702 miles from here. Currently, they're meeting in our office space, but we love you, Germantown. We thank God for you. So everybody in the room, come on, can you put your hands together? Welcome the online campus. Welcome your Germantown campus family. Come on a little bit louder. Let them know you love them. And then we've got a, a weekly tradition before we jump into the message. We always pause to give honor to the incredibly brave military men and women and the awesome first responders. So of all of the applause of appreciation for groups of people, those that are serving on the front line, uh, sacrificing their, their, even their lives to serve and protect ours, I think they deserve the highest applause of encouragement today. So come on, can we honor the military men, women? Come on, first responders, come on a little bit louder. Let them know you appreciate them. And then before we jump into the message, I got a new friend that's watching online today. I'll tell you a little bit of a story of our friendship and his name's David. And so David, I wanna say, hey to you, bud. I'm glad you're watching online today. I know that he's watching because a few minutes ago he texted me and he said, I'm on, come on somebody. Uh, Kimberly and I, we hired David and his company to come on Friday and install a fence in our backyard. So David and his crew, they came on Friday, They told me there would be a, a two-day job and so on. Friday, when they completed part one of the day, uh, he was loading up his truck and all of that. But David and I, we kind of built this whole friendship. We talked a lot about life. He shared part of his testimony. And uh, even standing in my backyard, here's what he said. He said, you know what? I know God, I love God, but I'm not the greatest Christian. And so I responded and said, well, that's kind of my story too. You know, I'm a work in progress. And later on in that conversation, he said, you know, I, I, feel, I feel comfortable confessing some of these things to you. And I said, look, man, we're all in this journey together. Can I get a witness? Come on, we're all in this faith walk together. So anyway, day one of the project was complete. They're loading up their truck. I go inside. Kimberly was you know, running some errands. So about five minutes had passed from the time they go to their vehicle and I go upstairs. Kimberly comes running inside and she's yelling, he's hurt, he's hurt. I'm like, who's hurt? She says, the fence guy is hurt. So I said, all right, well, let me go check it out. She's, she calls me Jake. It's a term of endearment. She's like, Jake, you gotta get out here now. So I run outside and ladies and gentlemen, David had had a heart attack in my front yard. And so I walked over to David, I laid hands on him. Come on somebody, we're gonna talk about that today. I laid hands on him. Kimberly was on the phone with 911. We begin to pray over David. That's why I say thank you to all of the first responders. Uh, they, they were at my house within five minutes. We've got a few uh, firefighters and uh, you know emergency workers. And so when my address came up and my last name came up, my phone was going off. People asked, Pastor, are you okay? And I was like, it's not me, it's my new friend, David. We gotta pray. David's heart was 80% blocked. They did three stints in his heart on Friday. He texted me yesterday, we're texting back and forth. I said, I tell you what, David, if you tune in online today to the Go Church Gathering, I'm gonna show you some love. I'm gonna give you a shout out. So church family, would you just bless David, my new friend? Come on, I love you, buddy. Come on, God's not done with you. Come on, God's got a plan for you, bud. 
And for what it's worth, I love you. And I'm glad that I met you and I'm better because of it. I told him in text, never a good time to have a heart attack, but to have one in the front yard of a pastor, that's all right. Come on, somebody. So I love you, man. And I'm praying for you. Let me, let me offer a prayer as we kick off a week number four of a series we're calling Spiritus Sanctus. It's a conversation around the person and the power. Watch this. This is all five weeks of the whole series, the baptism, the gifts, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Spiritus Sanctus is Latin for Holy Spirit. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed this series so far. I want to pray as we jump into week number four, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit today. So Father, I thank you for your touch. I thank you that you are a God that hears us when we pray. Come on. I thank you that faith can move mountains and you equip us and empower us with intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. And we have an, a better understanding of God the Father and God the Son, but my desire is that we understand that we have an opportunity for relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so God, open our, our eyes, open our hearts, open our ears to receive what you would speak to us today. And the same power that raised Jesus from the grave lives within us. So Holy Spirit, we invite you into this room and we give you all the glory and all the honor. And together the church said, amen. Come on, one more time, can we just love on the Lord? Come on, let's do that wholeheartedly, awesome. All right. Let's jump into this conversation together. If you're at any of our campuses and the seat back in front of you is a sermon note card, I encourage you to take that out. Or if you've got a, another method of note-taking, maybe you've got a journal, uh, but this is a note-taking church, a lot of different things I wanna share with you today. And so feel free to utilize that sermon note card. And again, we're on week number four and we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, a little crowd participation, online campus, you're included into this, but show of hands, where are my people that love a good gift? Come on, let me see your hand, like you love a good gift. Now, now that's me, so if, if you're taking notes, you need to write down that your pastor's love language is words of affirmation and receiving gifts. Come on, right? Like if you, if you want to encourage me, give me a good word of affirmation or just buy me something. And it does something to my heart. I, I love receiving gifts. And I know what the book of James says, that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Sometimes I struggle with that. Come on, can I just, anybody want to be honest with me? It's like, I want to give some things, but, you know, if you want to give something in return, that's fantastic. I love gifts. And the truth is this, God has some gifts for you. He is a gift-giving God. Come on. It's who he is. It's his nature. It's, it's what he does. And so I'll tell you more about the gifts of you know, the Holy Spirit, the spiritual gifts here in a moment, but I don't want you to miss out on any of the gifts that come from God. And if you love to receive gifts, if you love free gifts, then a relationship with God is exactly, you know, your next step here because God has some beautiful gifts that he wants to give to you. Write the first one down. I'll talk about three of them today. The first gift is the gift of eternal life. We talk about this almost every Sunday in some way, shape or form, but the gift of eternal life is salvation. That's this gift. And the gift of salvation is a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You and I, we don't deserve it. Come on. Um, you can't do good works in order to get salvation. You can't, it doesn't matter if you're some great philanthropist or if you have, you know, just a heart of generosity or you know, if you, if you can check all of the boxes off of your religious obligations, none of those things earn salvation for you. As a matter of fact, one of the fundamental verses in the Bible that talks about this, and I'm going to break this into 
the two parts of this particular verse is Romans 6, 23. And here's what your Bible says, that the wages of sin is death. Let's read this together on three. You ready? One, two, three. For the wages of sin is death. So there is a price that you and I have to pay for the sin that's in our lives. There, there is an invoice that is due. There is a bill that we have to pay and the payment of that sin, the wage of that sin, the price of that sin is death. And God knew that. That's why he sent his only begotten son, Jesus. Come on, can you say amen right there? This is, I know this is like fundamental to Christianity, but if you don't get this first gift, the gift of eternal life, no other gift is offered to you. And, and I want you to have all the gifts here. So the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. I've, I've had people ask me directly, it's, you know, and I get it. I mean, it's, 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 an, it's a question that a lot of people will wrestle with. How, how can a loving God send someone to hell? Let's just set the record straight on that. God, God doesn't send anyone to hell. People choose to go to hell. God made a way of escape. Come on now. God made a way through the redemptive work on the cross at Calvary, through the sacrifice of the innocent blood of Jesus Christ. God doesn't send people to hell. Heaven is real. Hell is real. And only through receiving the gift of eternal life do you get your name written in the Lamb's book of life. Again, you can't earn this. You can't work for it. It is all accomplished by one word. And I thank God every day for this one word. And we all have the opportunity to experience this one word. And it's the word grace. Come on, on the count of three, shout grace. One, two, three, grace. The Bible says this, that it is by grace. Grace. Remember that old song, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Come on, this is amazing grace that you have been saved through what? Through faith. So it's faith in Jesus Christ, right? Through faith. It is not from yourselves. There it is again. You can't, you can't do anything to, to earn it or work for it. It's just free. All you have to do is confess and believe. Confess and believe. And that's how you get this gift from God. It's the gift of eternal life. Now, let me reiterate and repeat a little bit here a couple of thoughts with this. Number one, you can't earn it. You can't work for it. And that's important because the other gifts you'll see today, there are some things that you have to do in order to posture yourself to receive that. So you, you can't earn this at all. It's only given by grace. And the gift of eternal life is absolutely free. It's free. All right. For those of you that accepted the free gift of eternal life, come on. Can you give God thanks for his love, for his grace, for his mercy? Yeah. All right, here's the second gift, all right? So this is like Oprah today. Come on, gift after gift after gift, the gift of eternal life. But then there is the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this particular gift today, like in this moment, because this is what we're talking about in the whole series, that there is the gift of salvation. So that's eternal life in Christ Jesus. But then behind curtain number two is another gift, and it is the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if the gift of of eternal life is eternal, then the gift of the Holy Spirit would be earthly. That while you're on this earth, there is work for you and I to do. We'll unpack that thought here in a moment, that there is a plan and there is a purpose for your life. Come on, David, I'm talking to you, buddy, 
right? God's not done with you yet. God's not finished. And the same is true for every single one of us today. God has a plan for your life. It's Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you hope and to give you future. Now, this purpose, which all is connected to the Great Commission, is too much for you to accomplish on your own natural power. So God says, once you accept the gift of eternal life, there is the gift of the Holy Spirit that will give you a supernatural power that will allow you and empower you to do what your natural power can't do. If that makes sense, somebody just say amen or nod at me, right? So it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. And I taught this last Sunday that these are, while it takes the convicting power of the Holy Spirit to draw us to repentance and salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit is a separate experience. Look, here it is in Acts chapter number one, two verses. I, I think that I've showed you these two verses in every week of this series. And, and it's because it shows us the, the separate experiences here of the gift of eternal life and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is eating with the disciples and here's what Jesus says. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait, stay right here, wait for the gift that my father promised which you heard me speak about, this gift that he's talking to the disciples about right here is all about the Holy Spirit. And then he reiterates the fact that there are two gifts. He says, for John baptized with water, that's all about salvation. He says, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So there is the gift of eternal life. It's a free gift. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You can't buy it. You can't work for it. It's only by grace. And once you realize that you need a rescuer, you need a savior, you need a deliverer, I'm just gonna keep preaching until I get some kind of response. You need a power that is far greater than your own. Once you say yes to this relationship with Christ Jesus, then he says, now there is another gift and it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And can I encourage you as we unpack this whole series, say yes to Jesus, it's the only way to heaven but then open your heart to receive every other gift that God has for you. Does that make sense? All right, so you got the two gifts so far, and then here's the one that we'll sit on today. Now it's the gift known as spiritual gifts. And again, the only way to get the gift of the Holy Spirit and the only way to get the spiritual gifts is to first accept the gift of eternal life. And once you do, now you are posturing yourselves to receive the power in the person of the Holy Spirit and then to discover, and, and this is a big part of the rest of our conversation, how you are designed, how you are fashioned, how you are made, how you are wired, why you are alive today, what your purpose is. Come on, can I tell you that there is such a beautiful component of Christianity that is connected not just to your eternal salvation, but to the purpose of your life today. And I wanna help you learn a little bit more about this. Now, there's a lot of confusion around spiritual gifts, and this isn't anything new to our culture or our generation. You go back to uh, the church at Corinth, and Paul is talking to them, and this is what he says. He says, all right, let's talk about these spiritual gifts here. He says, I, I, I don't want you to be ignorant about the spiritual gifts. Now, I say that with great caution because it's not meant to be disrespectful, but I don't want to be ignorant about the spiritual gifts and I don't want you to be ignorant about the spiritual gifts either. There is a culture that we live in today that are living in the dark when it comes to the spiritual gifts. 
And a big part of that is because of what happened during the Protestant Reformation. So hundreds of years ago, there was this movement where some theologians taught this idea, and I want you to write this down, what is called cessationism. Now, let me unpack this for a moment because you, you realize that the root word and the root idea behind this theology of cessationism is the word ceased, to cease. So this theology around cessationism is that, well, whenever the last apostle of Jesus died, whenever the last disciple of Jesus died, then ceased miracles, signs, wonders, healing, prophecy, tongues, etc. There's a problem with that, though, and I'll unpack that here in just a moment a little more. But if one miracle has happened since the last apostle of Jesus died, then the gifts haven't ceased. Give me a better amen than that. It's like, and, and I'm not making this up. David is online, but... When I, when I laid hands on him as he was laying in my yard and we begin to pray by faith that the healing power of God would touch his life and he can testify to this, he said, I'm starting to feel better. And by the time the paramedics arrived, he's up laughing and he even said, we'll be back tomorrow to finish the job, which they did. Now, David wasn't there because that's wisdom. But if one miracle has happened since the last disciple of Jesus died, then the idea of cessationism is, is garbage. Can I just preach for a moment? The God that you serve is still in the miracle working business. He's not, I know a lot of businesses have closed because of COVID-19, not God's business. God has not closed up shop on the miracle power working from his righteous right hand. Come on and give him some thanks. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Don't buy into this nonsense that the power of God or the gifts of God have ceased. No, we are offered the opportunity to walk in these gifts. That's why at Go Church, we don't preach or believe in cessationism. We believe in this idea of continuationism. That the gifts that we read about, the power that we read about, the miracles that we read about in the Bible, they continue today. That's faith, church. Come on. And it's Jesus himself that backed up this idea. This isn't my personal conviction or my own ideology or understanding of scripture. It's Jesus who said, he said, look, whoever believes in me, not only will you do the works that I've been doing, but watch. He says, you will do even greater things than these. How? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, because Jesus went to the Father. All of this is Bible, because Jesus went back to the Father. God the Father sent the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit is alive and active, then gifts are here. Come on. The manifestation of the spiritual gifts are available for you and I today. And so I'm going to show you here some of these gifts. Now, if you read the New Testament, you're going to see about 27 different spiritual gifts that are listed. Uh, th these aren't all of the gifts that are in the New Testament. This is probably about, I don't know, 16 or so, 18 or so. But I want you to see some of these. So there's the gift of administration. Some of you are incredibly organized. Some of you, God didn't give you that gift. Come on now. Right? The gift of craftsmanship, the gift of evangelism, the gift of exhortation, the gift of healing, the gift of giving, the gift of knowledge. Some of you are incredible leaders, right? So I'm coaching my son's Little League baseball team. I'm one of the coaches. Somebody said, well, do you know a lot about baseball? No, but I know a lot about leadership, right? That's a gift that many of you possess. 
the gift of miracles, the gift of music, the gift of pastoring or prophecy and tongues. All right, now, cameras come back to me for a moment. Again, there's 27 of these listed, but this is not an exhaustive list. Here's what I mean by that. I don't believe that there's only 27 gifts of the Spirit and that's it. I genuinely believe that God has an unlimited amount of gifts available to his children. And these are, these are the natural giftings, more supernatural than natural, but understand these are the things that you're just naturally good at. And maybe you never even recognize them as a gift. Let's talk about that here in just a second. But the big one is everybody gets this. Most people are good with all of, of the spiritual gifts until you get to the last one and they're like, well, tell me about that tongues thing. So what we do is we lump all of the spiritual gifts to the lack of understanding or knowledge around the gift of tongues. So let's talk about this one for just a moment. And let me start off by saying this. I have received the gift of tongues. I pray using the gift of tongues and I'm thankful for the gift of tongues. Now, again, at Go Church, we don't do weird. Can I get an amen? Right? There is the right time and the right place as the Spirit enables the believer to use this particular gift. But let me tell you, if you didn't grow up in a church that taught about the spiritual gifts or the gifts of tongues, or if this is kind of uh, confusing to you or a little bit you're unsure, let me just say this to you. Not on the screen, but write it down. I would warn you to never treat any gift from God as if it is some repulsive thing. Even if you don't fully understand it, that's all right. We're all learning, we're all students, but don't treat any gift from God as some repulsive thing, as if like, oh, well, I don't want anything to do with that. For me, I want any gift that God makes available. This is, this is my prayer, and dare I say that I even ask for it every single day. God, whatever gift you have for me, even if I don't fully understand it, I refuse to treat that as some repulsive, disgusting thing. As a matter of fact, here's what the Bible says about the gifts. Uh, Paul says this, pursue love. Now that's a fruit of the spirit. So we'll talk about that next Sunday. Pursue love, yet what? Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. So my challenge to you would be this. Posture yourself to say, okay, there's a lot that I'm still learning. There's a lot that I don't understand. But if there are gifts available, I want all of them, every one of them. Now, this particular verse I showed you in the New American Standard Bible translation. Let me show you one in the Living Bible. Same verse, different translation. Here's what the writer says in this translation. Let love be your greatest aim. Come on, I think in this world we need a lot more love. Don't we? Come on especially on Facebook. Let me get a witness there. All right. Let love be your greatest aim. This is the second greatest commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. Then he says this, nevertheless, ask also for the, on the count of three, everybody say special abilities. One, two, three. Special abilities. Who's that come from? The Holy Spirit. That's who gives these special abilities. So this verse is the very definition of what a spiritual gift is. It'll stay on the screen here for a moment, take a picture, write it down. Here we go. A spiritual gift is a special ability. It's a supernatural ability. It's something that God deposited inside of you before the foundation of this world, before you were ever even a thought in the mind of anyone on this earth, God had you in mind. 
And he made you on purpose and for purpose. God didn't make you and then give you a purpose. God had a purpose, so he made you. And when he made you for this purpose, watch what he did. He put inside of you, he deposited in you special abilities, supernatural abilities that God gives to all of his children so that together, this is why, this is why we have these gifts, not so that we can have you know, bragging rights, not so that we can get some title in the church. Uh-oh. Not so that we can feel self-entitled. No. God gives us these supernatural abilities so that we can advance his kingdom. It's all about his kingdom. His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So again, you get the gift of eternal life. That's your, that, that's your eternal destination. But then you get the gift of the Holy Spirit to give you a power far greater than your power and then you get a gift to accomplish the purpose of your life to advance the kingdom of God in this world. Ladies and gentlemen, I know this is more teaching than preaching and I feel okay with that, but don't miss what I'm saying to you. God has given every single one of you a special ability, a supernatural ability. So let's talk about three steps here and then I'll pray for you. All three of these steps, by the way, I believe it are the primary purpose of me as your spiritual tour guide, your pastor, and also the purpose of the church that you attend. And the first one is, is simple, yet many Christians never discover their gift. They've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but yet they've never taken the time or the discipline or the opportunity to discover their gift. And a lot of this has to do with how terrified the enemy is of you discovering the supernatural ability that God has put on the inside of you. So I say this a lot. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll just make you busy. Come on now. So we just get so busy and life just kind, kind of comes at us fast. And then all of a sudden we begin to go through the monotonous motions or routine of everyday living. And we haven't fully discovered our gift because the enemy knows if I can just make you lack understanding or if I can just, you know, uh, you know, kind of mess up your schedule and you get overwhelmed with work and with life, then you'll never be able to have alignment with your assignment. But if you can get aligned with the calling of God on your life, I'm telling you, God will do incredible things in you and through you. And, and at the end of the day, and I know somebody's listening to me, whether it's in this room, online or in Germantown, you're thinking, well, God forgot me when he was passing out all these gifts. Not true. God did not forget you. Every single one of you, under the sound of my voice, you have a gift, a special ability that is incredibly important to moving the kingdom of God forward. Let me show you a couple verses here to back up what I'm saying. A spiritual gift is given to who? Each of us. That's you, that's your family, that's your children, that's the person uh, across your work cubicle, that's your neighbor. It doesn't matter who it is. The Bible says that a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Again, this isn't about self-entitlement. This isn't about popularity or look at me. No, it's about loving people and moving the kingdom of God forward. Let me show you this one, Romans 12, verse 6. Watch. Paul says this. As a matter of fact, let's read all of this out loud on three. You ready? One, two, three. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Let's say it one more time. This time, read it like you're, I don't know, alive today. Ready? One, two, three. We have different gifts 
according to the grace given to each of us. Now, the New Testament was written in the original language of Greek. So as we translated the Bible uh, into different languages, the original language of the New Testament was Greek. So these two words here, gifts and grace. Gifts and grace. One more time. Gifts and grace. These two words are the exact same Greek word. The same word, not different words, the same word, and it is the word charis. Charis. Now, charis simply means this. You ready? A grace gift. Does that make sense? So, all right, let, let's kind of tie all of this together. So a person that is today that you would know to be, watch, having charisma, right? A person that has charisma is a person that is confident in their grace gift. Does that make sense? Nod at me. Some of you are like a cow looking at a new gate, like, okay? It is a grace gift. Now, let, let me take this a step further. Because people will say, well, is Go Church a charismatic church? And people associate charismatic churches with like, well, they handle snakes. We don't do that here. And if you think this is the place for you, there is a special place in this building just for you. Come on out. Like, that's not us. What? And we are a charismatic church. But what that means is, is that we are not afraid to operate in the grace gifts that come from God. So if you have charisma... If you are charismatic, that means that you have learned what your grace gift is. And every single one of you, listen to me, there is a charis from God for you. Don't undervalue and don't overlook these special abilities that you think are just normal and natural. They're not. God gave them to you. Uh, so let me give you this kind of idea. I, I feel like for me, God has given me the gift of teaching, communicating, exhorting. Like, I, there are times that I get nervous when I walk up here, but for some of you, the thought of public speaking, if I asked you to come up on the stage, you would throw up all over the stage. Come on, like, where are those people at? Like, yeah, they don't want nothing to do with that, okay? But, but my charis, my grace gift, I, I feel right at home right here. All right? But you may not have that charis, but you have this unbelievable ability to work with children. I don't have that ability. Right? If they put me in kids' ministry here, I'd need a lot of duct tape and a little bit of Benadryl. Come on, like, like come get a Tic Tac, young man. <laughs> Just a little Benadryl tablet. Now, for all the cancel culture, that's a joke. We don't pass out Benadryl tablets here. Although that would help some of the children that we, you know, love on. But some of you are so good with kids, right? Some have a charis to sing, right? And I don't know about you, but do you ever listen to some of these people that have this grace gift of singing? And you're like, if I could sing like that. Stop focusing on all of the grace gifts you don't have and appreciate God for the grace gifts you do have. God, God in his variety of spiritual gifts, listen to me, this is important, gave you the supernatural ability that you need to accomplish the mission to move his kingdom forward. If God needed you to have that gift that you find yourself coveting or jealous over, 
If God needed you to have that gift, God would have gave you that gift. But he gave you every gift that you have because it is exactly what is needed. He's equipped you, perfectly equipped you for the mission of your life to move the kingdom of God forward. If you didn't write this down, I want you to write this down. All of us have a charis. All of us have a grace gift. I want to help you discover it. I want, to, I want to give you the gift of eternal life by preaching the truth of the gospel so you can accept Jesus. I want you to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and then I want you to discover your spiritual gift. There's an Old Testament song in the 139th chapter of the book of Psalms. It's the Psalmist David. And when I read this a couple of weeks ago, it just it kind of just touched my heart and aligned it with this idea of how God wired you and made you and just knit you together. Uh, many of you have read this before. It's the 13th verse. David says this. He says, for you created my inmost being. You, oh God, knit me together while I was in my mother's womb. He says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Another translation says, I praise you because of the complexity of my life. Sometimes we get so frustrated at God because of the complexity of our life when really we should be praising God because he made us unique. With all of those complexities, he made us fearfully and wonderfully. Watch, your works are wonderful. And then watch this line, he says, I know them full well. Let me ask you, do you? Do you know the wonderful works of God and how he made you? That's personal. He goes on in verse number 15, he says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. One more verse here. Your eyes saw my unformed body and all of the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You know what all that means? That means that you're not an accident. This isn't even in my notes, but listen to me. You didn't evolve. You didn't come from some tadpole in this big bang theory. Man, I feel like preaching that. God made you. God designed you. God wired you. God fashioned you. God, God spent a little bit more time on you. Come on, somebody. God gave you these special abilities and he set you in motion for such a time as this. And life is hard and painful and complicated and messy and uncertain. But one thing is sure, and it is the grace of God and that he loves you unconditionally. And listen to me, come on, everybody in this room, everybody in Germantown, everybody online, David, my new friend, listen to me. If you are breathing today, God's not done with you. If you are alive today, if God woke you up today, he put breath in your lungs and blood in your veins, it's because he's not done with you. He knit you together and he gave you this special ability. And if, and if I can do anything for you, man, I want you to take the gift of eternal life, but then let's discover the spiritual gift. Let's, let's get out of you what God put in you. Come on. Let's pull out of you the very things that God has deposited in you so that you can know them full well. Come on, that just feels like a good place to pause and give God Almighty a big praise. Come on, church. Come on, five seconds here. Do that together. Come on. All right. So step one, we got to discover your gift. 
I don't want you walking through life not knowing your gift. You've been to places, you've been to businesses where the person working there, that wasn't their gift. Come on, somebody. I want to help you discover your gift. But then you've got to develop it. Well, what does that mean? It means this. Once you discover the supernatural ability, now it needs some maturing. It needs some mentoring. Uh, it needs some coaching. It needs some discipling. That's, that's the key word. So to develop your gift is allowing us to disciple this gift. I'm going to stand on a soapbox for just a moment. Is that all right? This isn't critical and it's not meant to be disrespectful if this is you, but you need to know. That was kind of funny. Come on, you can laugh at that. It troubles me when people will email or say things like, well, I only want to talk to the pastor. It bothers me when people will say things like, you know, we really need a small group for, or we really need a ministry for. Wait a minute. I think you're missing the point of why you're alive. I've got a responsibility to pastor and shepherd this church, but you, ladies and gentlemen, you are called to do the work of the ministry. My primary job as the shepherd, as the pastor, a phrase I use a lot is the spiritual tour guide, is to equip you to discover and to develop your grace gift so that you can do the work of the ministry. So being called to the ministry, in my opinion, doesn't mean that you're just on staff at a church. It means if you work for Coke or if you work at the mall or if, you, if you're a fence guy, come on. Like whatever, whatever it is that you're doing, that, that is your ministry. Let me give you the verse here, the verses rather, to back up that kind of thought. But to each one of us, what? Charis, this is what that means, charis, a grace gift, has been given just as Christ apportioned it. Now jump to verse number 11. So Christ himself, watch, you're about to see the five-fold ministry of the church, the organizational structure of the New Testament church. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So there's authority in the house. That's important. But why do we have those positions in place? Listen, listen to me for a moment. I am no more special than you are. I am no more gifted than you are. And I appreciate honor, and I think honor is incredibly important, but yesterday when David fell over in my yard, just because I was a pastor doesn't mean that's the only reason God heard our prayers. You are a son of God or a daughter of God, and you have a calling on your life. So, so don't think that a pastor or a teacher is just some, yeah, there's honor there, and I get that, and respect those positions of authority, but our job is to equip you, the people, to do the work of the ministry. So if you're a basketball coach or a school teacher or a maintenance person or a mechanic or a lawyer, come on, Jesus, touch all the lawyers right now. Come on, church, right? Whoever you are, wherever you are, let's equip you to discover your gift and to develop the gift. Watch this. Now you've got to deploy it as simply using the gift. COVID hit, churches shut down, closed their doors. People are still trying to figure out what a new normal is. Some have returned in person. Some are still watching online. Some have fallen away completely. The point of that is I don't believe that we're very far away from the return of Jesus Christ. And there's not a better time 
to discover the gift that God put inside of you, to develop that gift, disciple it, mature it, and then use it. It's an old saying, I don't know if it's 100% accurate, but the thought is this, if you don't use it, you're gonna lose it. And this morning when I got here early, I walked into this room and just began to pray and think through the thoughts that I believe God has given me to share. And I started thinking about like all the people here today and watching online in Germantown that you're not using your gift. It's probably why you feel a little unfulfilled or a lot unfulfilled and you're not sure about God's plan for you. And let me, let me say this. This is not about growing Go Church. That's the benefit of you saying yes to deploying the gift on the inside of you. This is this church, God's church, his bride, is how we move and advance the kingdom of God forward. So yeah, like it's important that you're connected to the local church, but at the end of the day, God has given you a gift and if you just sit on it, if you just refuse to use it, then what is the point of life? Like I, I'm the kind of guy, maybe this is just my wiring, I don't know, but if there is a game, Put me in the game. I don't, I don't want to sit on the bench. Like, put me in the game. Give me the ball. So God, if, if this is the great commission, I don't, I don't want to sit. Church is not meant for, and again, this isn't criticism. It just needs to be said. Church is not meant for coming on a Sunday, listening to a few songs, and then hearing your pastor speak to you. That's a part of it, but it's not all of it. This, listen to me, this is not the church. This building is not the church. You and I, we are the church. This is the gathering of ecclesia. That's the Greek word for gathering. And there is a piece or pieces of this puzzle that are missing because you haven't discovered your gift, you haven't developed your gift, or you're not using your gift. Well, again, you all have one. First Peter 4.10 says it this way. God has given gifts to each one of you from his big variety of spiritual gifts. My brain's kind of, you know, crazy sometimes, but whenever I see this variety of spiritual gifts, I think about the, the potato chip variety bags that you can get at like Costco or Sam's. Those are my favorite, by the way, because like every day's an, a new treat, you know? Like in this big gift bag, God's got these variety of gifts. Now watch the responsibility. Manage them well. Steward them with integrity so that God's blessing, his generosity can what? Flow through you. Let me show you a couple of friends of mine. This is Jose Aponte. He's, a, as a matter of fact, in case you're watching at a different time, he's sitting in this particular gathering today. He's, he's one of our elders and he is affectionately known as Brother Jose. I love him dearly. He's discovered his gift. He's developed his gift. He's deployed his gift, and he can say today, I was made for this. This is Amber. Amber serves in our Go Kids here at our South Metro Atlanta campus. The day that she began to discover her gift and develop it and then use it, our, our kids ministry has been impacted in a tremendous way, which by the way, none of these people I talk about have any compensation attached to what they do. They've discovered, developed, and deployed their gift. And Amber can say, with the gift of exhortation and service and giving, I was made for this. This is Micah. 
Mike is a genuine, true man of God. He helps oversee our group's ministry, which by the way, even in a COVID you know, pandemic, we have over 900 people connected to a group between all of our campuses. Isn't that amazing? Micah, a volunteer, discovered his gift, gift, developed his gift, he's using his gift, and he's created incredible curriculum for our groups and management opportunities for our groups to stay organized. He's a gift. This is Karen. Karen is one of my favorite human beings. She's in Germantown. As a matter of fact, today is the anniversary of her husband's unexpected passing. Even through the tragedy of her life, Karen never stopped serving. She serves on first impressions and even in kids ministry at our Germantown campus because she's discovered her gift. She's developed her gift. She's deployed her gift. And if you ask Karen, Karen, tell me a little bit about this. She would say, I'm made for this. This is Levette. Levette is in Germantown as well, and she serves in a few different areas, but the girl can sing. Come on. She's one of those that got a few extra gifts along the way, but she serves primarily in outreach because she's got the gift of service and faith. And she would say to you today, I was made for this. Here's Lacey. Lacey's here at our South Metro Atlanta campus. You will probably never see her because she's always behind the scenes. And she's using her gift of giving and service and craftsmanship to create online gatherings so that people all around the world can literally hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And she would say, I was made for this. This is Phil. Phil's one of our drummers here. And he doesn't just play the drums, he worship while he drums. I love this because Phil has discovered his gift. He's developed his gift. He's using his gift of discernment and evangelism and exhortation. And obviously he's got the gift of music and worship. And he would say, I was made for this. One more, and I want to tell you this, and none of the people that I mentioned even knew that I was going to highlight them. But this next one is my favorite of all of them. And um, I even tell her that she's my girlfriend. Come on now. Now I'm married, but she's my girlfriend. And you'll see why here in a moment. Because this is Anna. She will turn 90 years old this year. And you know what? She's on our prayer team. And even with COVID and her wisdom to just be careful, at 90, she's always on Facebook. I guarantee you she's on Facebook today. She's a part of our prayer team and she has the gift of intercession. If I ever need somebody to pray for me, it's my sweet girlfriend, Sister Anna. Come on now. Like, this is a faith-filled woman of God. Gender doesn't matter. Ethnicity doesn't matter. Age does not matter. God has given all of you a charis, a grace gift. So let me help you. Let Go Church help you discover, develop, and deploy your gift so you too can say, I was made for this. Let me give you a closing thought here. This is your next step. On the last Sunday of every single month, we do move track. It is designed specifically to do exactly what we've talked about today. And over the course of the next six to nine months here in 2021, we're gonna continue to work on our move track experience to provide for you the greatest opportunity to discover, develop, and deploy your gift. It's a part of our membership here, but the point of move track 
is so that you can learn more about you than it is you learning about us. All right? So this is your very next step is to go to move track and to say, all right, I'm ready. I'm all in because I want to be able to say I was made for this. Help me discover my charis, my grace gift. So you too can be charismatic. Come on, church. All right, closing question and then I'll pray. What's the Holy Spirit saying today? In this whole message, what is the Spirit of God speaking to you? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Come on, Germantown Online. Thank you, Father. I pray today was an opportunity for people to hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're here today, accept the gift of eternal life. Don't wait. The gift of salvation is available right now. Come on, take it. Once you say yes to Jesus, then open up your heart. Position yourself, posture yourself to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then come alongside of your Go Church family here and let us help you discover, develop, and deploy your gift. Can you do that? So Father, right now, begin to move on hearts, and I know you already have. Touch the hearts of your people. Speak to them today so that when we leave this place, we leave not just informed, not just inspired, but transformed by the Holy Spirit's power. And we give you all the thanks and all the glory. And the church said, amen. Come on, give God the highest praise. Can we do that? Come on, five seconds here. Come on, put your hands together.